The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It's 18 after 10. We continue the conversation on the talking point. Let me invite onto the platform uh, the group chief executive at the Commission for Gender Equality, Tamara Matebula. Good morning and thank you so much for your time. Good morning, Katie, and good morning to the listeners out there. Just a small correction. I am the chairperson of the Commission for Gender Equality, not the CEO. Okay, you're the chairperson. Apologies for that. Thanks for that no correction. Problem at all. No so, apology accepted. Thank you. So we've been talking about gender-based violence more broadly, and, and we're going to focus now on the call that the CGE is making for the sexual offences court, for sexual offences, Offences court to be opened. What is behind this call? Kathy, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, basically, the Commission for Gender Equality um, has really made a call upon government to open uh, more sexual offences court, more specialised sexual offences court, following um, the announcement that was made by the President of the country, Honourable. Um, Ramaphosa in June this year um, to say that we do have uh, some of these courts. However, if you look at the high levels of gender-based violence and femicide in the country and the cues that many women actually follow in these courts because they're not enough. So the president actually called for opening of more of these specialized courts because of the crime statistics that we have, Kathy, and you will remember that we have just um, had another one um, that was released by um, uh, the SAPS uh, minister uh, not so long ago, pointing to the fact that gender-based violence um, and femicide cases have actually escalated. So the pandemic is quite serious, and you will find that access to these courts by many women and many people and children for that matter um, is problematic. First of all, they are far from where they stay. Secondly, uh, many people are not familiar with how these courts work. And as a result, you will find that many people think that, you know, these courts are actually evoking feelings of secondary victimization. Because again, when you go to these courts as a victim of gender-based violence or domestic violence, you will subject first to many uh, long queues but also in terms of seeking help with how you can actually process the case and how, you, you know, their experiences have been, is that the courts currently are not user-friendly. But also you will find that um, not so many people who are actually attending to victims are qualified in terms of staff, helping them to process things like protection orders, and many other applications that they have to go through. So that is why we are calling upon government to actually open more of these specialized courts, make sure that not only the magistrates, and but also the people that are dealing with victims in these courts are trained. Uh, they are given specialized kind of training to be able to deal with the victims of sexual and gender-based violence in our country. From the work that you have done, are there legislative processes that are needed in order to increase the number of uh, sexual offences courts that we have in this country and even how they op- they operate? 
Kathy, uh, I must say yes, there is work that has been done. You will remember that from last year in June, there was an announcement uh, that the bill, and this announcement was made by the Minister of Justice, um, to say that uh, there are three bills that are currently uh, going under review. And those three bills are the bills that are beginning to actually look at these issues that we're talking about now. And, the, the, you know, one of those bills is basically the Domestic Violence Act um, that is beginning to really uh, look at issues of domestic violence, um, which should include, um, you know, uh, or which has been opened to include uh, other groups that were left behind. And these groups are elderly women that we find uh, or that find themselves abused these days, and children, and many other groups, including members of the LGBTIQ communities, that were not there in the previous bill. But also the Sexual Offences um, Amendment Bill also is now beginning to talk about the prosecution, how big people are given bails, how, um, and, and I'm talking about perpetrators, um, and how the issues of protection orders uh, are done so that um, women don't find themselves being killed by uh, the perpetrators uh, having these pieces of papers in their pockets or in their bags. And it's also beginning to say that these protection orders can be applied uh, online rather than going to a court and wait in a long queue to be able to get this piece of the paper. So there are definitely some legislative um, you know, um, uh, act- activities that are happening and the review of the bills to actually address what we are talking about. But also, besides that, there is also work that is done outside the bills to actually look at expanding the, the, the offences court, but also expanding the places of safety for victims of gender-based violence. And we currently, as the Commission for Gender Equality, are actually going through a monitoring all the um, uh, police stations uh, to look at how specialized um, a, you know, a police are in terms of handling these cases. But also, we are also calling upon uh, expansion of the Tutuvela care centers, um, uh, which are centers where um, you know, women can actually go there um, and these centers should be revamped to actually provide a temporary uh, shelter for victims of uh, violence. So this is all the work that we are currently doing in partnership with government and civil society organizations. Mm. Of course, one of the challenges that you are facing is that just of this past week, we've had a long list of activists and academics writing urgently to the Speaker of Parliament, calling for an investigation into the CGE because they are worried that the work you are doing as an organization is in fact, you know, potentially impeding the fight against things like gender-based violence in the country due to some of the administrative problems that the organization could be going through. Have you seen that letter? Kathy, I must say that we haven't seen the letter we understand that the letter was addressed to the Speaker of Parliament. Uh, we were not CC'd in the letter, so we don't have the letter with us as the Commission for Gender Equality. So we haven't seen the details or the content of that letter. 
And I must say that we it's, it's, are it's, more it's, it's, it's available publicly. I mean, if, if your name is being mentioned and some of these activists have been interviewed, one would imagine that the organization would take an interest in, 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 in such a development. So, I mean, it's not a letter that one has to look far to find it. Um, Kathy, mm. what I can say to you is that if the letter is uh, um, um, is addressed to the Speaker of Parliament mm. uh, to open an investigation and do the investigation, the Commission for Gender Equality will be more than willing to subject itself to that kind of um, investigation if the investigation is required. But at this point in time, because the letter was not addressed to us and its content thereof, we cannot comment on this, but we are more than willing to actually open ourselves and open uh, not only the commissioners, but also um, the secretariat in terms of um, allowing the investigation mm. to take place. Um, at this point, we cannot comment until we get a formal communication that comes from the speaker or the deputy speaker himself to say that he has received the letter and he wants to do X, Y, Z with uh, the commission and we will definitely abide by that. Ms. Ms. Matabul, I I understand what you're saying from the context of the formal processes that would need to take place once the letter is before the speaker. But the CGE does not exist in a vacuum. You are part of society. Some of the stakeholders yes. with with which you work, which are some of these very activists that have penned this letter, are people that have done work with you previously when you are investigating some of the multiple uh, projects that you've run investigations into over the years. Now, I don't think that it's actually a, a very honest reflection to say that, well, we, because the letter hasn't been sent to us formally, we don't have anything to respond to. Surely, if your organization, again, is being cited in news articles at a national scale, one would, by gender activists, one would think that that would be in the interest of your organization because these are stakeholders that you are, that effectively are raising concerns and are saying we are worried about the work that this institution is doing. We are worried about the extent to which its effectiveness could be hampered. One would think that that's something that the CGE would, would take quite seriously, regardless of whether or not you've received official communication from the Speaker of Parliament. I think it will be unfair to uh, expect CGE to respond outside the normal process. There is a normal process that I think you and me are agreeing upon. And I'm saying that, 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 that we will definitely take interest as soon as we get an official communication yes. about the potential or, or possibility of investigation. And if I may say, again, just, um, just a minute, uh, if I may say, yes, if our organization and there are individuals or organizations that are concerned out there about our work, we will open ourselves up for any kind of investigation and response thereof. But I also want to say that, Kathy, look, the Commission for Gender Equality has a track record in terms of its documented work. Uh, we have our annual reports 
that are they, they are, that are submitted to Parliament. And if you submit to Parliament as an entity, you are actually subjecting your work and yourself to the public because that information goes to the public. And secondly, we do have a published work. All our work that we publish goes into our CGE website. And I would invite not only you, but also listeners out there to log on to our websites to look at the documented work that we have been doing in terms of, you know, what we have been doing all these years. And we are amicable definitely to attend any other interview that is required and subject ourselves, um, you know, to openly to any investigation that may be uh, or that, that, that that's required, you know, by the public and by individuals. We'll continue our conversation with Tamara Matebula. She's the chairperson of the Commission for Gender Equality. Luyanda Maume standing by with your latest news headlines. Luyanda, good morning to you. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. We're continuing the conversation with Tamara Matebula. She's the chairperson of the Commission for Gender Equality. I'm quickly going to go to the phone line. Cindy, you're calling us from Middleburg. Good morning to you, Cindy. Kathy, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for calling I'm in. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Despite mm. all that is happening around us, we mm. just have to maintain our positivity. Mm. Um, you know, um, you know, it's so lovely to hear our guests coming on air every time and there are promises made and, you know, everything is just so wonderful on their side. But when we start engaging with them, and I'll give you my brief encounter mm. this year. Mm. I sent an email to the commission because of my personal experience that happened in February this year. Uh, unfortunately, um, the, the, the boy's parents who impregnated my child, the boy who impregnated my child, she's a teenager. She's only 15. The boy is 19. Uh, those parents, in fact, especially the father, has been threatening us that if we don't abort this baby because he has high dreams for his son, his son is not ready to be a father. And he knows that I'm a single mom, I'm a single parent, obviously I don't have much power. So I, I, I sent an email to the commission saying, guys, I have a problem, I have a challenge. I'm a single parent, here's my daughter, here's a boy's family. What do I do? Mm. Even today, Kathy, I send an email in the, even today, I'm still waiting for someone from the commission to call me or reply to my email. That's why I'm saying, you know, we hear them come on air and uh, uh, promise us all these things, but when we need the help, then nothing is helped. I'm still stuck. I don't know what to do. Mm. And, 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 and what what happened ultimately? What was what was the final resolution? What did you as a family decide to do, Cindy? No, the the, the, the boys' family they just disappeared on us. Mm. You know, in our culture, uh, there's what we call Wubiwa Isisu Amiti. So we had arranged with the boys' family that they will come here because they said they don't want us coming to where they stay. And in the African culture, the girls' family must go to the boys' family, not vice versa. Mm. 
But anyway, I said, I, for this thing to go smoothly, it's fine. Let them come to me. I don't have a problem. We set the date and everything, and they didn't pitch. They just disappeared on us. Now they've changed their numbers. We don't know where to contact them or how to find them. Sure. And I'm, I'm stuck with this situation. Oh, Cindy. Let me give Tamara an opportunity to respond. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, thank, thank you, Cindy. Thank you very much. I hear your story very, very well. And, mm. um, and I'm sorry that you sent an email. And perhaps what I would uh, recommend is that uh, off A, Kathy and I could exchange um, uh, details um, of you okay. uh, because there is normally a process with all Chapter 9 institutions that if you lodge a complaint, there are certain forms that you download from our websites uh, to mm-hmm. um, f- uh, lodge a formal complaint. And then that complaint is followed up by our legal um, officers in all nine provinces. So it would be interesting to know where Kathy comes from, the province, uh, so that we can allocate a legal officer uh, to attend to Cindy's issue in that particular province. And Thank then off air, I would actually leave the details. And perhaps what Cindy can do is to also do the same, uh, if you allow, Kitty, so that we can follow up on this um, mm. particular case. But also, mm-hmm. it's related to the uh, a daughter that was impregnated. Uh, I, I must say that as a Chapter 9 institution, we could look at the case and perhaps end up referring the case to the uh, relevant um, you know, uh, entities like social development, um, depending on how the case looks like uh, of a pregnant young girl and, and issues that are related to that. Yeah. But I think it's a matter that we can handle outside uh, of uh, so that we can exchange details and then Cindy can actually be um, advised properly and given the relevant and closest person within CGE to talk to uh, with regards yeah. to this particular that, case. That, that, that will you. be really highly appreciated. Mm. And you know what, I must commend uh, Department of Education. Let me say it on air. You know, uh, my daughter's school, they have been so, so supportive and she is doing so well, you know. So mm. I must commend the Department of Education on their interventions on, on teenage pregnancies in mm. schools. Mm. All right. Thank you so much for calling in, Cindy. Of course, the difficulty, Ms. Ms. Matabula, becomes around the question of what is the turnaround time of the CGE, you know, and who yes. are the people that are meant to be responding to these emails in the first place? Why are they mm-hmm. not doing that? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Cindy called mm-hmm. in today, and yes, her case will be attended to, but what for the many others that are in her position and are seeking assistance? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I, I fully agree. I fully agree. And, and again, it depends whether the email was sent to the relevant person because you'll find that uh, sometimes you send an email uh, to a person and that person is no longer with the commission. You know, these things do happen. And you will find that if there is no acknowledgement or, or anything at all, it's either the email was sent to the person that no longer exists. What, that's why I'm emphasizing the point of actually going into the website download the form, the form is accessed immediately. And the turnaround time to acknowledge a case that 
or any person that has lodged a, con- a complaint uh, is, is, is a seven day to 14 day period. We do have a complaint manual that we follow to the P. If you don't get your complaint or acknowledgement done within seven days, that means, that would mean we are not following, um, you know, our own manuals. So, but all I'm saying is that I'm encouraging even the listeners out there to please, please, if you have a complaint, rather than writing an email, um, it's better to actually download the form from the website, which is www.cge.org.za. That form will actually be received and it will be responded to within a period of seven days and your matter will actually be followed. If it's referred, Kathy, to another entity, the complainant will actually be informed that your matter doesn't fall under our jurisdiction, which is the Commission for Gender Equality. There are cases, Kathy, that we normally receive that would sometimes fall under the public protector or that would fall, if it's a church-related issue, we will send it to a CRL. If it's a human rights violation, we send it to South African Human Rights Commission. If it's a, any government intervention kind of a case, we do send to either Department of Basic Education or Department of Social Development. So all of these things are the things that we will communicate to com- complainants to say our case is no longer with us. It, it's a case that the department can hold or can actually, um, you know, assist you with. So, but I must really thank Cindy. I, 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 I really thank Cindy for raising this. All right. We're going to have to pause it there. Um, I've got just one more caller for you. Let me quickly take a break and we'll continue after this. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, so we continue the conversation on the talking point. Let me quickly go to Mutusi Lipeyana. Uh, you're calling us from Bloom. Mutusi, good morning. Uh, good morning, Katie, and good morning to the SA listeners, and good morning to the uh, commissioner there. Mm. Uh, Katie, uh, I just want to share uh, my experience uh, with, with the commissioner there. In my other life, I was uh, I was working for the Human Rights Commission, as head of Human Rights Commission in the Free State. One of the things, I, I, I've got a lot of respect for the, the, the General Commission. I appreciate them. I also have a lot of respect for the commissioners. They are people of integrity. Uh, that's why I called just to share something that I think they could consider. When we were still at the Finance Commission, one of the systems we used to follow was to do what we used to call media monitoring. That is where we would monitor media on a daily basis to pick up those cases that have not been reported to us as complaints yet, but that are there in the media out there. So I'm thinking that if, if she says that they, they, they wait for the complaint to come to them, they are moving on a big uh, a, a, a volume of complaints that they could be following up, very important uh, complaints that they could be following up from the media. If, if, if uh, during during uh, my, my time at, at the Human Rights Commission, I do I know of so many cases that uh, we just got from the media, either from the radio or from internet or all forms of media. We even used to have a, a department called research and monitoring, mm-hmm. where we used to have a daily, weekly, monthly monitoring and production of reports. So I really want to share with with, with them to say, can they consider? 
monitoring the media and picking and following up on those cases and then contact the, the, the people that are affected as complainants and help them to then register the complaints and then follow up. So instead of saying we wait for the for the for the people to come to to, to you, sometimes you'll find that in small areas, deep rural areas, we pick a very important case of a person who would never have even thought of coming to the Human Rights Commission. So I, I really want to to share that that experience with you. Mutusi, thank you so much for that call, and I really think that it is, uh, uh, you know, I hope that it's a, it will be useful also for for for, uh, for the Commission for Gender Equality. Ms. Matebula, very briefly, please. Um, thank you very much, Kesi. Mutupi, um, uh, Mr. Litwana, I really appreciate uh, your positive um, outlook into this thing, and and we take. Uh, your comment seriously that we need as the commission to consider monitoring uh, media in terms of um, you know getting a, a, a number of complaints that are coming through media. But also, I just want to say that, Kathy, what what we also do just to make sure that we also do go out and get cases from small communities that Mutubi um, referred to. For an example, we have a program, and, and he's quite right that we do have a legal a, a unit, we do have a research unit within Commission for Gender Equality. We also have does, does the a, research a unit monitor information. Does the research unit yes. monitor uh, publications in the media? And where the CGE is being cited and why? In the medias. Mm-hmm. It monitors, yes, and it monitors emerging issues in the media, and it actually makes a lot of research around those how, issues. How often do uh, they report to you? Um, we the, the reports actually come uh, perhaps um, it depends on how big the research is, uh, but the research. Um, is done uh, almost all the time because the unit is within CGE and it's quite Yes, but how often would somebody like you be able to access what is being said about the CGE in the media? How often would you access that report? Um, I think if you want to um, access information and response, I think uh, it can be done every um, every month, uh, for an example. But I, I would also like to say that uh, we can go to our websites to actually look at these reports that we have done. For an example, okay. things like investigating uh, the state of shelters. These are some of the things that we got from the rural basic communities right. um, to say that, you know, we have issues here. But we also have PEI units, Kathy and, and Mutupi. Uh, the, this particular unit is organized just to make sure that the public is educated, not yeah, only Ms. educated, Ms. but through PEI. Yeah, Ms. Matebula, th- thanks for all of that. Unfortunately, we've run out of time for this interview. I think Mutupi was, Mutusi rather, was raising more an issue of people like yourselves having perhaps what yes. is a daily report, being able to see mm-hmm. what is being said about the CGE in the media and not necessarily mm. that the work that you're doing is not in the media, but that you are aware no. of what is being said okay. about your organization so that you're able to respond to these issues timelessly and not have to wait for yes. formal letters, okay. as you put it, before you can actually have an opinion about the mm-hmm. work that you are doing and what is being said about the state of the institution in broader society about the CGE. I think that's the point that Mutusi was making. Uh, but let's leave it there for today, Ms. Matebula. Tamara Matebula is the chairperson of the Commission for Gender Equality. We're taking a quick break. When we come back, we're in conversation with Sizwe Pamla, Kosatu's national spokesperson.
We're talking vaccines, mandatory vaccines, so much being said about people being forced to take vaccines. We'll hear from the union after this.